0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eatin' Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eatin' Podcast presented by DraftKings. We love those dudes and we love all of you especially those of you that take advantage of the unbelievable deal at keeps. I'll tell you about a little bit later to get your free Madden. I use keeps. Joe should use keeps. If he doesn't at any rate, you should use keeps and you should get a free Madden for it. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, classic journeyman, got a bunch of podcasts now. Love them all. College draft. He's money. Ross Tucker football podcast. Andrew's Business of Sports, and of course, the Fantasy Feast. Hit me up on social, always, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. You can hit me up on email, ross at rosstucker.com. But really, I'm just the point guard on this show. The scorer, the dominator, is Joe Dolan, who dominates fantasypoints.com, where you still can and should sign up to get the most incredible fantasy football information on the planet using the code 21FEAST. Check out Joe on social at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, I'm not even into the pleasantries. We got too much to talk about. We've got three games. We've got a decent sample size. And we've got an interesting one from a fantasy perspective Thursday night. With the Bengals and the Jags. Ross, before
1: we start, um, I just want to just discuss, you know, how lucky I am to do this and how lucky we all are to be able to talk about fantasy football for a living. Um, And I think part of the reason that we're able to do that is because we connect so well with people. Um, You know, we have listeners, regular listeners to the podcast and you welcome us. Um, into uh, uh your your homes and and that is a, a special connection that we have and one of the guys who was the best at doing that was Mike Tagliere from from Fantasy Pros and Mike tragically passed away this past weekend and uh Tags was was a truly special individual somebody who I know um people who listen to this podcast are extremely familiar with you know uh it, I think fantasy players who are who are frankly crazy enough to listen to podcasts listen to multiple they want multiple perspectives and i think tags's perspective was respected more um than than most in the industry and he he made that connection with people were able to do this because of people like him Um, And we're able to continue having this successful podcast because of people like him. Um, Every single time I put the headset on, put the microphone on my desk, every single time I put pen to paper this year, I will be thinking of tags. Um, This podcast is for him. This podcast will be for him for the rest of the year. And I'll continue to think of him every single time uh, I do a podcast.
0: Well said, Joe. Very well said. Thank you for saying that. It's interesting. I saw that news a few days ago and obviously thought about tags and uh i'm glad you took the time to talk about that here on the show well done um speaking of the show and and the show must go on let's talk jags and bangles and uh I mean, Jamar Chase, he tricked us, Joe. He tricked us. <laughs>
1: he did. And I'm glad he did because I was able to get uh some shares of him very late. Uh he was my fourth receiver in my 14-team long-term keeper league. And I mean, I just I, I was stealing on him. He's got four touchdowns. Um, the efficiency Ross is probably a little too high to keep up with, but you wonder if as the year goes on. Do the Bengals get more comfortable dropping Joe Burrow back? I mean, Joe Burrow has 75 pass attempts in three games. That's 25 per game. The only three-game starting quarterback with fewer is Jameis Winston. So the the Bengals are very clearly taking it easy with Joe Burrow. And you know, you've got the uh, uh, Graham Barfield uh, at Fantasy Points. He he said the no context analytics wonks are complaining that the Bengals have a really low pass rate in neutral situations. Well. The problem is their quarterback's knee exploded last year. They're trying to get him into rhythm and allow him to make plays and allow him to feel more comfortable, and I think it's working. I do expect they're going to throw the ball more as the year goes on, Um, and Jamar Chase is going to be on the receiving end of a lot of that. That guy looks like a league winner right now. Um, I do worry what happens when he stops scoring touchdowns, but hopefully the, the usage comes up. I don't expect T. Higgins to play on Thursday night with the shoulder injury. It's a good matchup. For Tyler Boyd, it's a good matchup for Jamar Chase. and With the Bengals' touchdown favorites, Joe Mixon averaging, like, what, 19-plus opportunities per game? I think Joe Mixon's going to get in the box this week, score a touchdown. It's going to be a good week for the Bengal offense.
0: Nice. What about the Jags? You know, Trevor Lawrence up and down, shows some signs of life and has some bad throws, too.
1: Yeah, um, I – Trevor, it's right now, it's a struggle. He's on a bad team. Um... He's got good receivers. Uh, LaVisca Chenault hasn't done anything, but I think Lawrence has good receivers. I'm just not sure what the Jaguars' plan is right now. Um, The offensive line is bad. They finally decided James Robinson's better than Carlos Hyde, even though Hyde's getting way too many snaps. James Robinson actually used in the passing game last week, which I thought was very encouraging for those of you. You know, week one, it looked like, oh, my God, James Robinson, what the heck happened? You know, I thought with Travis Etienne out, um, I I think they figured out over the past couple weeks that James Robinson is the guy in that backfield. He had six targets, caught them all all six last week. Good matchup for Marvin Jones. Uh, He's actually been the guy used the most out of the slot for the Jaguars. The Bengals are giving up good production out of the slot like Marvin Jones quite a bit this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know, Ross, I know this is a crappy game and I know we got a good one coming next week on Thursday night with Seattle uh, and and the Rams. uh, But I'm actually kind of excited to watch this one. The last two number one picks, get a good look at some of the young talent on both these teams. Uh, This one's a lot more appealing than last week's game between Carolina and Houston to me.
0: Totally agree. I love any time. You know, the Bengals and Jags don't often play in standalone games, so I like when mm. we get a chance to see them and really just watch the players, you know, snap in, snap out. And the Bengals uh, are a
1: good fantasy team, so, like, you know, it's it's nice to be able to watch that team on primetime.
0: Yeah. How about the Titans at the Jets? Uh the
1: Jets. Um, Ross, I could talk, try to talk you into Corey Davis, but the Jets' stink has kind of permeated there he dropped a pass for an interception Michael Carter the running back uh, it looked like you know Tevin Coleman's out so Michael Carter oh man he could lead this backfield. well he played only about 40 percent of the snaps um he had nine carries for 24 yards and he had two catches for five yards that's not getting it done um Jamison Crowder could be back this week I'm talking from a season-long perspective Everything on this podcast is filtered through the lens, mostly unless I specifically mention deeper leagues or DFS. Everything on this podcast is filtered through the lens of like a 12-team PPR league with two running backs, three receivers, and a flex. There is no way a New York Jet with the possible exception of Corey Davis, is in any consideration for your lineups at this stage. That, that's the long and the short of it about the about the Jets. We have 16 games to get through on this podcast. Um, until further notice, the Jets, persona non grata for fantasy football.
0: What about the Titans?
1: And the Titans, uh, now here's the weird thing with them. A.J. Brown's got a hamstring injury. I don't think he's going to go this week. Remember, he had the the, the two procedures on his knee. Um, he's been one of the biggest fantasy buzz kills of the season. I think he has 19 targets and just seven catches. Meanwhile, Julio Jones isn't in the game in crunch time against Indianapolis. Uh, Mike Vrabel says it's, it's, it's management. I'm not really sure what that's supposed to mean. Um, I guess they want to keep Julio healthy, but that game wasn't out of reach. So that's a little weird to me after Mike, Mike, um, Vrabel called out his effort in week one and said he made a stupid play and i I don't know. He's had one be- one big game and two disappointing ones. Derrick Henry against the New York Jets. Derrick Henry is going to go nuts this week. Derrick Henry is a slate breaker for DFS. Fade him in DFS at your own risk. He's one of the few slate breaking type of guys. Fade him at your own risk. If you want to create differentiation, I would suggest doing it with somebody other than Derrick Henry. Eat the chalk. Differentiate elsewhere. Um, with with the injury to AJ Brown, the weird Julio Jones situation. I'm, I'm by the way, you still have to play Julio as a wide receiver three, especially if Brown doesn't play. But it's just a weird situation going on there. Uh, I'm not overly thrilled with Tannehill this week. Um, if you're looking in deep leagues, maybe you wanna maybe you wanna create a little bit of, of salary relief in your DFS lineup if you want to stack a running back and receiver from the same team. Nick Westbrook Akina. I know you're a big Nick Westbrook-Akina fan, Ross. Uh, he uh, he's been the guy getting kind of the snaps there for Indian uh, for Tennessee. Uh, 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 Chester Rogers is getting some as well, but Westbrook-Akina might be the guy who had who is forced to step up if AJ Brown doesn't play this week.
0: Yeah, and Julio Jones getting treatment on his leg injury as well. Yeah. So wow, that that is interesting. All right. The Chiefs and the Eagles, Joe, we kind of know the deal with the Chiefs, I suppose, unless you have something to add.
1: Um, The last time Josh Gordon was like fantasy relevant for a full season. Ross, I know you're a big video game guy. You're giving away Madden on the PlayStation 5. Yes. The The PlayStation 4 wasn't out yet. The last time that Josh Gordon was fantasy relevant. um. At best, I think he becomes like a Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman type of producer. Not saying he can't help them, but pump the brakes a little bit. Only in deeper formats here uh, for Josh Gordon. Um, With the Chiefs, the one thing I would say is last week, first and foremost, I think more coaches should do this. Ross, running backs know they're not supposed to fumble. They know that. Unless they're complete S-heads... They understand that. They feel awful. Clyde Edwards-Alaire has fumbled two straight games. One costs them the game against Baltimore. The other leads to a score, and they lose by a score to the Chargers. But what does Andy Reid do? He doesn't bench him. He says, go out there and play like your hair is on fire. Edwards-Alaire had his best game of the season. Notable because the Philadelphia Eagles also play a predominant split safety zone look just like the chargers. Edwards. Alaire ran for a hundred yards against the chargers last week. The Cowboys came out last week and decided we're going to try to run the ball. on the Eagles had pretty good success doing. So wouldn't be surprised if Edwards, Alaire has a solid game. this week.
0: Uh, I tend to agree on that. Cause I do think the Eagles will play the split zone, yeah. uh, split safety again. And I do think they'll force the chiefs to be patient and run it. What about the birds on the other side?
1: Uh, I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to be making that mistake again. Um, The fewest carries by running backs in Pro Football References database, which dates back to 1950. It was a disastrous game plan, and I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. Um, Nick Sirianni essentially came out and said, you know, the Cowboys, we knew they were going to score a lot of points. We thought we had to score a lot of points to keep up with them. But here's the problem. The Cowboys are a seasoned prize fighter in their home ring. The Cowboys have been doing this for a number of years. You're a rookie head coach with essentially a rookie quarterback. That was not a smart game plan by Nick Sirianni. Miles Sanders, when he got the ball, looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I don't know know what the Eagles were doing, but if they think they're going to go punch for punch with the Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, a Chiefs team coming off of two consecutive losses, uh, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to run the ball this week. Miles Sanders, I would anticipate he gets fed in this game. Um, I would anticipate the Eagles are going to use a lot more pre-snap motion. Why not go back to what worked in week one? Pre-snap motion, RPOs. Put your quarterback who still doesn't see the field like a veteran because he ain't a veteran. Ross Jalen Hurts has made seven starts. He's a rookie. Like, I... like. There, no, there's no pre-snap motion. Put 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 the guy in a position to succeed. Run the football. Run the option. Like That's the only way the Eagles have a shot in this game. I really like Miles Sanders this week.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, PS4. You're talking about Josh Gordon. I just want to give somebody a free Madden yeah. for this year. <laughs> and all you have to do this week is go to keeps.com slash feast. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast. If you are ready to take action and prevent hair loss, that's what you do. You get your first month of treatment for free at keeps dot com slash feast. Listen, I've been using it for years. In fact, I was already taking the two FDA approved medications that you can get from keeps to prevent hair loss i was already taking those two medications because i had to go to the doctor to get the prescription for the pill and i had to go to the store to get the topical solution now i just get them both into my house they have an online doctor it's crazy easy treatment started just 10 bucks a month and you will see results you will stop losing hair Go to keeps.com slash feast to get your first month free keeps.com slash feast. Carolina is at Dallas. No Christian McCaffrey makes me sad.
1: Yeah, um, of course. Dolan, the jinx. Uh, I'm, I tweet on Thursday night. I mean, I was just watching that game and, and I'm just like, man, McCaffrey is so good. And then like three plays later, he comes up. Uh, the good news, Ross. Doesn't look serious. He was walking okay. Our injury expert, Dr. Edwin Porras at Fantasy Points, th- thought it was a grade one hamstring. He thinks there's a chance he only misses one game, maybe two. They're not putting him on IR, so they don't think he's going to miss three. Um, so, but the, obviously, Chuba Hubbard is the next guy up. Do I think Chuba? Would I be spending my Fab budget? I know waivers have run in a lot of these already, but would I be spending my Fab budget? With the assumption that Chuba Hubbard's going to be 100% of Christian McCaffrey, uh, no, um, and I wouldn't blow all my fab. But you know, maybe if you have McCaffrey, you need that 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 guy in your lineup. Um, I think you could consider it. Uh, he would be an RB two for me this week uh, with, with Chuba Hubbard. I think uh, I, I can't anticipate that he's going to be as good as McCaffrey. I think they'll work in Royce Freeman, but certainly um, an option here. Uh, for Chuba Hubbard to get uh, in your lineup. He's going to be very popular in DFS because of his price. Um, I-, I would anticipate that he's going to get 15 to 18 touches in this game, but be wary of Royce Freeman. Uh, the one thing I would say about Carolina, could DJ Moore catch a Travon Diggs shadow? Diggs has been playing pretty freaking well, um, and DJ Moore's been the ex-receiver for Carolina. So that's one maybe – I'm not benching DJ Moore, but maybe you knock him down a little bit. Maybe a little bit of a bump up for your boy Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. Anderson has not been – I mean, he has been a ghost out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Robbie Anderson is a focus of this game, especially if Trevon Diggs goes after DJ Moore.
0: How about the Cowboys?
1: Uh, the Cowboys are kind of the Cowboys at this stage. Um, I wonder how much last week when it came to Amari Cooper – um, Sorry, my dogs are going nuts. I wonder how much of it with Amari Cooper with three uh, carries, uh, three catches for 26 yards last week uh, had to do with the rib injury. And C.D. Lamb was a disappointment in that game, catching just three passes against Philadelphia. That's because the Cowboys came out and ran the football. Um, I think they're going to continue to do that. Like, Dak Prescott's playing efficient football. They're, you know, they're not dropping him back 60 times the way they did in week one against Tampa Bay, uh, which puts him at danger. Um, he's playing efficient football. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Cowboys just stick with the run game here. Zeke's an RB1. Tony Pollard's viable flex. You have to play Lamb and Cooper. But just keep in mind, I think the Cowboys like what has happened the last couple weeks with Dak Prescott throwing fewer than 30 passes. Remember, he is still coming off a serious injury. And his mobility, Ross, it's limited. He has fewer rushing yards than Tom Brady right now. Dak Prescott has 19. Tom Brady has 20. So Dak Prescott actually for fantasy has been kind of a middling quarterback. I think he's ranked at like quarterback 18 right now in large part because the passing volume isn't nearly where it was last year and because uh, he's not running. And I don't anticipate he's going to be running a whole lot uh, at least until maybe the second half of the season.
0: Let's talk the Giants at the Saints.
1: Well, the good news for the Giants is Saquon Barkley is back. Um, Devontae Booker was a healthy scratch last week. Saquon Barkley, I mean, here are the, here is the breakdown on Saquon Barkley. Wasn't a huge game in terms of production, but sixteen fifty one one rushing, six forty three receiving on seven targets, 86% of the snaps. Um, he was the RB9 for the week. Um, his 80% route rate, he ran a route on 80% of Daniel Jones' dropbacks, was second among all running backs in week three, uh, behind only Najee Harris, who, who had 19 targets. So Saquon Barkley, the usage is back. I would anticipate that usage becomes incredibly important because of the hamstring injuries to Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Sterling Shepard is the most popular uh, and favorite target for Daniel Jones. I think Saquon Barkley has himself a big opportunity this week against a good Saint defense. Uh, So that's my read on the Giants right now. Of course, Daniel Jones, by the way, didn't really come through for fantasy when everybody decides that they're going to stream him. Now, the New Orleans Saints. I hate the New Orleans Saints. So does Crimpit, by the way. She hates them too. I hate the New Orleans Saints. They're running the fewest plays in the NFL. They have a different target leader every week. Alvin Kamara is the only guy on this team you can consider for fantasy right now. And, like, I mean, he's getting stupid usage. Like, he. but here is part of the problem. What would you have said to me if I told you three weeks into the NFL season Derrick Henry would have more catches than Alvin Kamara? Because he does. Jameis Winston's dropping back like 20 times a game. This offense is abominable for fantasy purposes. It's Kamara or a bust for me. What about the Giants? Um, Like I said, Saquon. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Saquon's an RB1. His usage is great. Um, Maybe you throw Kenny Galladay out there. One guy to keep an eye on. I know Evan Ingram's back. I'm not an Ingram guy. They probably need him. Canarius Toney ran a route on about 80% of Daniel Jones' dropbacks last week because of the injuries. Deeper league it might be smart to maybe uh, uh, give a little bit of a look to Canarius Toney. They're going to need him to step up. He was a first-round pick.
0: A lot of fantasy guys and implications for Browns Vikings.
1: Uh, For the Browns, uh, now, all of a sudden, Kareem Hunt, let's start there. Kareem Hunt, you know, Nick Chubb had ran more routes than Kareem Hunt through the first two games. So, of course, Kareem Hunt comes out and looks like Marshall Falk in week number three. He catches six for 74 on seven targets. I have to anticipate that's going to continue for Kareem Hunt because now the two best receivers on that team – are Odell Beckham and Kareem Hunt. So Odell Beckham had nine targets. I thought he looked really good. I don't know what you thought, but I thought he looked really good. Um, the Vikings have been hemorrhaging points. They're having a really tough time locking down their second corner spot opposite Patrick Peterson. Bashaud Breeland has struggled. Cam Dantzler's in the doghouse. So um, I think Odell Beckham's got a shot to make a play in this game. Um, I like Kareem Hunt as an RB2. I like Odell Beckham as a wide receiver too in this matchup, and you kind of have to play Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield, though, he's one of those quarterbacks. He's, he's, he's like uh, Burrow at this point. He's just not dropping back a ton, um, and he's mixing the ball around. Odell Beckham's nine targets, by the way, were already um, uh, enough to be the most by any Brown in any individual game this year. So it just goes to show you how receiver poor the Browns were following the injury to Jarvis Landry. So Odell Beckham... Already had their basically their best game for a wide receiver. Um, He's already, by the way, Odell Beckham is already third on the Cleveland Browns in targets. He played just one game. Austin Hooper has 11. Kareem Hunt has 11. Odell Beckham has nine. That is already third on the Cleveland Browns in
0: targets. Vikings, we already know, right? Although I'll say this it's crazy how much Alexander Madison reminds me of Dalvin Cook. Yeah. The same guy.
1: Alexander Madison um, is like that was a feather in the cap for the RBs don't matter uh, camp. Uh, Alexander Madison comes out and puts up these numbers um, against uh, uh, against the uh, the Seahawks. But how about this? This is just an, a, a little bit of an uh, of a stat that I found interesting. I don't think it's actionable at all. But Alexander Madison Ross has five career games with seventy or more yards from scrimmage. Three of them have come against the Seattle Seahawks. They're not even division rivals. So three years in a row, Alexander Madison has killed the Seattle Seahawks. He averages 126.7 yards per game against Seattle and 35.7 yards per game against everybody else. Uh, I think it's just a, a weird coincidence that Madison's games against Seattle have aligned with a Dalvin Cook injury or Dalvin Cook being unavailable for a reason, Um, but we do have to check Dalvin Cook's status because if Cook returns, then Madison's back to relegated to handcuff status until further notice. So that's just interesting, but you know, if Dalvin Cook is out again this week, fire up Alexander Madison. He's got huge upside.
0: Let's talk Bears-Lions.
1: Oh, my God. Could it be the Nick Foles show, Ross? The Bears are – The There's Bears are, are saying all three of their quarterbacks are in consideration to start this week. I don't, we, I, we don't need to rehash. I'm sure you're going to talk about Justin Fields with Greg Cosell. Both the game plan stunk and field stunk. They don't have to be independent of one another. Um, the game plan was clearly terrible. I mean, Justin field, you're, you're, you're asking a guy to drop back like he's Peyton Manning and process in the pocket. When, when Jason Peters, uh, who just they pulled out of a sarcophagus before the season. Um, they they have him on the blind side. I mean, just a horrific game plan. If Justin Fields starts, I don't know how you could trust anybody on this offense. Fortunately, it is Detroit, um, a defense that you anticipate is going to be a, a lot more gettable than the Cleveland Browns. But, I mean, if Justin Fields starts, I'm benching everybody except for David Montgomery. I don't know how you can trust it right now. I love Darnell Mooney this year. It's not working right now. I love Allen Robinson this year. It's not working right now. If you want those guys out there against Detroit and you want those guys in your lineup, you better hope it's Foles or Dalton because I'm not trusting Justin Fields right now after the, after the, how he looked and how that game plan looked last week against the Cleveland Browns.
0: Joe, what about the Lions?
1: I love the Lions. They are, they are fun bad. And I know that was the clip we kind of pulled uh, from uh, from the podcast last week. But, Ross, you know who's getting the ball here. Now, here's the problem. I didn't get a chance to look at the All-22, but I wonder if the Baltimore Ravens essentially said, TJ Hawkinson is not beating us. He had two t- tar- targets for 10 yards. I wouldn't be shocked if they bracketed him in that game. But what did that lead to? Monster game for DeAndre Swift. Solid game for, for Jamal Williams. DeAndre Swift is an RB1 right now. And the great thing is he doesn't need carries because they're going to check it down. Jared Goff's a low-A dot quarterback. They're going to check it down. You know, they use both Swift and Williams at the goal line. Both of these guys can get touchdown opportunities. Swift is an RB1. Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams is a flex. You still have to rock with Hawkinson. Um, I think the Ravens took him out of that game. It was an unfortunate circumstance. But Hawkinson has massive upside. His upside is Kelsey level, it just obviously seems. His floor isn't going to be Kelsey level. So you have to take that into consideration, but there's no way you can bench TJ Hawkinson yet.
0: Next up, we're talking bills and Texans, which is nice because Josh Allen is nice. In fact, Joe, he is our DraftKings performance of the week presented by Bacardi spiced rum, which by the way is delicious. I'm a big Bacardi spice rum guy. How about these stats? He was 7,000 points on DraftKings, $7,000 on DraftKings, 40.22 fantasy points, 32 completions, 43 attempts, 358 yards, four passing touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, Joe, he also had four rushing attempts, including a rushing touchdown, five total touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown for Josh Allen, our week three performance of the week presented by Bacardi Spiced Rum. I love Bacardi Spiced Rum. I love that we have a DraftKings performance of the week and I love me some Josh Allen. I literally tweeted during the game, Joe, once a week he makes my jaw drop. I think last game he made my jaw drop two or three game two or three times. It feels like the Bills' offense is back.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think the first time he probably made your jaw drop was that absurd touchdown throw rolling to his right to Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. Where, where he dropped it, like, away from the defender and down at Emmanuel Sanders' knees. There was no way the defender was making a play on that ball. Just an absurd freaking throw. The guy's got a hose. Um, I was glad to see it because, Ross, I'm sure you know, the first two weeks I wasn't writing off Josh Allen by any stretch. But there is some of that 2018-2019 Josh Allen creeping in there with the ball placement, sailing the ball. He actually missed digs for a long touchdown in this game. So he wasn't perfect. Uh, he was just almost perfect. Um, before we get to the Bills offense, let's just talk about Houston. Brandon Cooks. That's it. There you go. That's it. Davis Mills is the quarterback. It's Brandon Cooks or bust. Uh, uh, Anthony Miller, if you are looking for a dead cheap DFS play, but Brandon Cooks is it for you season-long guys. Um, Buffalo. The problem for Buffalo, last year they were awesome because there was really only three guys to play. Diggs, Beasley, and Allen. And everybody else was kind of an ancillary part of the offense. Um, This year, they're running the ball a little bit better. Zach Moss looked really good to me last week. I am still a little skeptical that a Bills running back can be trustworthy. But Zach Moss looked really good to me last week. Really good contact balance. He doesn't run as hard as Kareem Hunt. But stylistically, with that contact balance, his receiving ability, I thought there was some Kareem Hunt in Zach Moss. He didn't really show it last year, ended up in and out of the doghouse. Now I wonder if he's got the opportunity to be lead back here. All I'm saying is he should be rostered in every league. Don't consider him more than an RB3 because ultimately this is a team that wants to drop back and pass. Emmanuel Sanders has usurped Gabriel Davis for now. And until Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt or his age shows, it hasn't yet, He's in the wide receiver three conversations in a good matchup. This is a good matchup against the Houston Texans. And there's a few tight ends who kind of emerged this past week as guys who are like stream-worthy tight ends, who've got some talent, um, aren't necessarily primary uh, options in their passing game. But Dawson Knox is among them. Now, that's a talented kid who's had some issues with drops. He made a hell of a play on a great throw by Allen for a touchdown last week, caught four passes, including a touchdown. He's kind of part of the group that includes Tyler Conklin and Gerald Everett and uh, Dalton Schultz, among guys who you might who are almost likely available on waiver wires, quite frankly, who if maybe you've had a tight end who you've been disappointed by, like a Robert Tunyon or a Dallas Goddard, um John U. Smith these guys are probably available on your waiver wires and they're guys you can plug into your lineup they have goose egg floor like their floor is zero catches but you saw their ceiling four five six catches in a touchdown that's pretty good if you have a tight end who's been disappointing you Dawson Knox is somebody I'm interested in
0: on the waiver wire this week are you interested in anybody for the Texans Joe
1: Brandon Cooks that's it uh Anthony Miller um, if you need a cheap DFS play, um, other than that, bad matchup, uh, uh, pray for Davis Mills.
0: Let's get to the Colts at the Dolphins. You know, Brissett. Brissett did all right. He usually does, Joe.
1: Yeah, uh, so the thing with Brissett here, by the way, this is the bad vibes bowl. Uh, both of these teams, the vibes are not good. Uh, If we ended the season today, both of these teams would be giving a top six pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, So (laughs) this is – the Eagles fans might be more interested in this game than they're interested in the Eagles-Chiefs game this week. I think think Eagles fans are going to be pulling out their Carson Wentz jerseys this week because uh, uh, you want the Colts to win if you're an Eagle fan. Keep them in the lineup. Keep them going. They want a big – they want a vintage Carson Wentz game here. Um, When it comes to the Colts, though – the Dolphins, rather – Jacoby Brissett last week, he did do fine. But you look at the box score, he was 32 of 49 for 215. 215 on 49 pass attempts. That's 4.4 yards per attempt. Yikes. So I expect that I'm going to look at this game and his A dot is going to be negative. Like he's just checking. He didn't. He had like an 8.9 A dot in this game. The problem was his only throw of 20 or more yards that was completed was the one to Gesicki on the out route to continue the game in overtime on the 4th and 20. Everything to Will Fuller was incomplete down the field. Parker incomplete down the field. The, uh, Ross, the safety to Jalen Waddell was one of the funniest plays I have ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I mean, like, pass from the deep end zone to the shallow end zone. And with no blocking, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it coincided with Jalen Waddell, by the way, having the uh the um the distinct notific- uh the distinct honor to have the fewest receiving yards in the history of the National Football League while catching twelve or more passes as a wide receiver. I think of the bottom ten. Nine of them are running backs, and Jalen Waddell is the only wide receiver. He has the fewest, 58 yards on 12 targets. So they've got to figure out a way to get him more involved. But I do like the fact that they're using him and they're making him a focal point of their offense. I like Jalen Waddell for fantasy. I'd like to see a little bit more downfield action. But the downfield action was not working for the uh, Miami Dolphins last week. Uh, but I guess Mike Gesicki's back in the realm of the living. All it took was uh, Jacoby Brissett to start at quarterback, 10 for 86 on 12 targets for Gesicki. I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw him, but I-, I guess he's back in the realm of
0: the living now. What about the Colts? What are we doing with the Indianapolis Colts? Marlon Ooh. Mack on the trade block as we're talking.
1: Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz cannot be a fantasy option for you. Um Obviously. Uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are back. And Marlon Mack being on the trade block, I would anticipate he's going to be a healthy scratch um, or an emergency back only, given that. um, Apparently, the the Colts, there's like a mutual respect there. Apparently, the Colts and Mack have essentially decided look, you know, we'll give you an opportunity. We'll see if somebody will come and give you an opportunity to play because he's not going to get it here. Jonathan Taylor is an RB2, Naeem Hines is a viable flex. Michael Pittman's got a really tough matchup this week um, against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, he is like a low, low end wide receiver three this week, even though he's finally started to establish a rapport with Carson Wentz. He's really the only guy establishing a rapport with Carson Wentz. And I'd like to congratulate Naeem Hines. The Colts have scored four touchdowns this year. Naeem Hines was the first Colt not named Zach the Rascal Pascal to score a touchdown this year. So the Colts- <laughs> The Colts have four touchdowns, three by Zach Pascal, one by Naeem Hines.
0: Let's get to last but certainly not least, Washington at Atlanta. I'll tell you what, man, Antonio Gibson has some juice. That catch and run was impressive.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is. And they don't trust him in the passing game because uh, J.D. McKissick is their hurry up back, and I am sick of it. I am sick of J.D. McKissick. I'm tired of him. Uh, I'm sure he's a very nice player, uh, a very nice guy. He's a good player. I'm thrilled that he is getting paychecks and at a tough position to get paychecks. But for fantasy, man, take it easy on us. Take it easy on us, please. Antonio Gibson was a college wide receiver. He should be able to catch more passes than this. Uh, Fortunately, this game projects to be a lot more competitive than last week's game for Washington. I think it lends itself to a very strong game uh, for Antonio Gibson. This is a team um, the Eagles ran all over the Falcons in week one. And then uh, in week two, you play a team in the Buccaneers who don't run the football at all. Um, the uh, The Giants can't block for Saquon Barkley, but Barkley had over 20 fantasy points last week. Um, I think this is a good week for Antonio Gibson. It's a good week for Terry McLaurin. He's finally got a good matchup. Uh, it's a good week for Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, after last week, he is now, Ross, the only tight end who has played every single offensive snap for his team this year. So I think the targets are coming. I think Heineke, if you're into DFS streaming your quarterback, you know, A.J. Terrell's been in concussion protocol. This is not a good Atlanta defense. I think you you can convince me there's some juice for Taylor Heineke
0: this week. Ooh, okay. What about for the Falcons? Uh,
1: Who looks better to you, Ben Roethlisberger or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan? I think it's Ryan significantly, and I think that's that's says a lot more about Ben Roethlisberger than it does about Matt Ryan. Um how does Kyle Pitts not get a target until the fourth quarter of a one score game? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I like I I I think he'll be back this week. I think Kyle Pitts will be back in action this week. Um I think they're going to make it a a point to get him the football, but it is very frustrating that he didn't have a target until Lee Smith's out there scoring touchdowns, uh, and Kyle Pitts doesn't have a target until. I mean, come on, man! The Washington defense has been one of the biggest disappointments of the season thus far. Like it's it's the sum is less than the parts right now, but this Atlanta offensive line is one where I think those parts can wreak some havoc in and of themselves. So. I'm a little bit skeptical about the Atlanta offense. I mean, I think you have to keep playing Pitts. I think you have to keep playing Calvin Ridley. But in the backfield, Cordell Patterson's a thing, man. We talked about him last week. He is a thing. He led them in receiving this past week. He's a top 12 fantasy running back on the season. Um, Mike Davis is still getting involved enough to be an RB2. But Cordell Patterson's a thing. I'm riding him while he's hot. I'm putting him in my lineups this week.
0: Love it. I also love that this is the show that's so nice. We do it twice. That's all the Sunday 1 o'clock games, the Thursday nighter. Check out Joe on social at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. And make sure you subscribe to this show because you got to hear what Joe says about the Sunday late games, the Sunday nighter, Bucks Patriots. You might have heard about it. And the Monday nighter as well. Other than that, I'm stuffed. Room for dessert. Recording episode two right now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 100 gambler or in Indiana 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. This
1: is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.